Lots of media attention being paid to Omicron by the media, and the vast majority of that is complete nonsense. There is, however, one thing we do know about Omicron, and that is that it appears overwhelmingly true that Omicron causes serious illness in almost no one. When I say most of the media stories are nonsensical, let me give you an example. A story recently ran that said the two shots of the Pfizer vaccine provide a 70% reduction in the odds of being hospitalized from Omicron. So first, uh, there is nowhere near enough data accumulation to make that statement. And secondly, are they really trying to claim a 70% reduction in hospitalizations from a variant that has almost no hospitalizations? The Dr. Reality Vodcast with Dave Champion. Leaving aside media's nonsense, let's talk about what we know. Uh, The United Kingdom has recently rolled out military units to assist in giving another jab to 18 million British residents. And they hope to accomplish this in 19 (laughs) days. 18 million people in 19 days. You do the math on that. And they're doing this in reference to a variant for which the Pfizer vaccine, which is the one that's predominant in the UK, has very, very low efficacy against Omicron, and almost no one is being hospitalized from Omicron. So in light of what we do know about Omicron at this time, why would the UK prime minister be taking these astounding actions? Well, perhaps... This will help you understand. If the UK gives 18 million residents an additional jab at the cost of the jab, which is $19.50 per dose, then the UK has put $350 million in big pharma's pocket, most particularly Pfizer, in less than three weeks. But I'm sure that has absolutely nothing to do with it because, as you well know, Companies that are worth hundreds of billions of dollars have absolutely no sway with politicians who are looking for campaign funds and backing for their party in the future. None. Zero. That said, I'm sure that what we're seeing in the UK has absolutely nothing to do with power and politics and money. And that's made clear by the number of people who have died in the UK with Omicron. Well, that one guy. Seriously. One. And here's a kick in the pants. There is some indication that vaccination may actually make people more susceptible to being infected by Omicron. We'll get to that information in a minute. Shifting gears to the United States, the governor of New York has initiated a new mask mandate for all of the state of New York. So this leads me to ask you a couple questions. Number one, as we look back over the last 24 months of SARS-CoV-2, has wearing masks done anything. Well, the answer to that is clearly no, because in the last several months, we have seen new daily infections skyrocket in jurisdictions where they have very high vaccination rates and everybody's wearing masks. Several months ago, I did a presentation on that exact phenomenon, places where they had virtually 100% mask wearing compliance and new daily infections skyrocketed. And I'll put a link to that video down in the notes. Question number two. 
How well did social distancing work? Yeah, here we are 24 months later, SARS-CoV-2 still ruling the roost, running around the globe, unaffected by much of anything, including social distancing. Question number three, since there's the word lockdown is being thrown around again, have lockdowns done anything to stop the spread of SARS-CoV-2? And again, the answer is no. If lockdowns work, people still wouldn't be talking about lockdowns two years after the first lockdowns. So in other words, mask mandates don't work again. I encourage you to watch the presentation uh, that I'm going to link down in the notes. Social distancing didn't work then and it won't work now. Lockdowns never worked and they won't work now. So as I've been saying for two years, government cannot stop a virus. But government can screw up a whole lot of other things and make people absolutely miserable, destroy their livelihoods and make them their mental health and just a slew of things. While it does worthless things that it falsely promotes as stopping the virus. Let's switch our Omicron discussion to South Africa. Now, you remember, South Africa is the first place where Omicron was discovered by sequencing the SARS-CoV-2 virus after some unusual developments in a hospital. So, so that, although that is not considered to be the origin of Omicron, it is the first place that Omicron was detected via genomic sequencing. The worldwide narrative since the discovery of Omicron has been that it is in incredibly, incredibly transmissible. It makes Delta look like a walk in the park. In fact, some expositors are saying sometime, sometime probably by mid-2022, every human being on the planet will have been exposed to Omicron. That's been the narrative. So then it may surprise you to learn that new daily infections of Omicron variant in South Africa appear to have leveled out. They've plateaued. If that is indeed the case, how then can we explain that? What, what would cause there to be this huge upsurge in new daily infections of Omicron in South Africa for a brief period of time measured in about five weeks, six weeks? That would put us earlier than it was identified, but it's reasonable to assume it was present earlier than it was identified. So we'll call it six weeks for the sake of this discussion. So Omicron skyrocketed in South Africa for somewhere in the range of six weeks and now appears to be plateauing. I think one explanation we might want to look at for that is that there is some distinction that differentiates who's getting infected with the Omicron variant and who is not. Could that differentiation perhaps be people who are vaccinated versus people who are not? That would appear to be a reasonable hypothesis to pursue because new daily infections of Omicron in the United Kingdom are surging well past that of South Africa, which then might cause us to ask what differentiates the populations of South Africa from the population of the UK. Well, here's one. South Africa has a fully vaccinated population of 26%. The UK has a fully vaccinated percentage of the population at 70%. In other words, if the differentiating characteristic between the populations of South Africa where the increase in new daily infections has seemingly plateaued in the UK, where it's surging, is to be explained by a differentiation in the population, unless we want to claim that there's some sort of physio other physiological distinction between human beings in South Africa and human beings in the UK, the most evident differentiation is the percentage of the population that's fully vaccinated. 
In addition to the distinction between South Africa and the UK, the very first person infected with Omicron that was detected in the United States when contact tracing was was done concerning the people that he had been in close proximity to, none of them tested positive for SARS-CoV-2 and in particular the Omicron variant, none. And the U.S. citizen who was infected with Omicron was fully vaccinated. Also, the current information we have from CDC indicates that far more people who are vaccinated are getting infected with Omicron than people who are unvaccinated. Is that because they're vaccinated? Well, we don't know, but I think that'd be a great thing to find out, don't you? Sadly, it won't be done. And it's not going to be done because here in the United States, research is not going to be conducted if it is thought that the results of which would be detrimental to the establishment narrative that every single person on the planet should be vaccinated. If the results of research would cause people to question that they should get vaccinated, either the research will not be done or the results will not be made public. And that's because in the United States, we believe in freedom and transparency. As I mentioned a moment ago, many expositors are claiming that Omicron is going to sweep the globe. The word tidal wave is thrown around a lot. And that here within the next handful of months, every single person on the planet is going to be exposed to Omicron. Whether that is true or not, we have yet to see. But the people who believe that is exactly what's going to happen aren't necessarily disappointed by that. What they're saying is, look, if we can get the SARS-CoV-2 virus, the Omicron variant in particular, to infect every single person in the world, understanding that it does not cause serious illness, then we will finally be able to achieve herd immunity. Yes, so that's not factual. Sadly, because billions of people have been vaccinated, it is very unlikely the world will ever hit herd immunity now. Let me explain what I mean by that. Uh, Herd immunity is a product of something that happens in our body, in our immune systems, called the production of memory T-cells. And I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to put some links down in the notes. If you want to know more about this, you can go down there, and I encourage you to understand the science and learn what's really going on. So the human body, when presented with an infection pathogen, I won't go through the whole immune process. I've gone through it many, many times here with you. Uh, However, the last stage, the final stage, is that it creates memory T cells that store the data concerning that pathogen, and then that data is accessed and a rapid response takes place if the body ever encounters that particular pathogen again later after the initial infection. The ability of the body to do that, which is tied directly to the existence of memory T cells, is what produces the society-wide effect we know as herd immunity. Unfortunately, the vaccines that are being used for SARS-CoV-2 do not activate in the human body production of memory T-cells. So the equation goes like this. No memory T-cells, no herd immunity, end of story, full stop. I'll put a link down in the notes to another presentation in which I discuss why numerous public health officials in different countries have come out and said the future is jab after jab after jab after jab in order to maintain this temporary protection from SARS-CoV-2 and COVID-19. As Dr. Zarka, who is Israel's coronavirus czar, he phrased it quite well. He said that the people of Israel, by that implication, he also means the people, anybody who is relying on the protections, such as it is, from the vaccines, will need another shot, quote, every few months, close quote. 
And if you think that's just hyperbole, the UK just a day or two ago authorized yet another shot for anyone who hasn't had a shot within 90 days. Adding to the concerns I just expressed are two additional questions concerning the vaccines and memory T cells. One is if you were initially infected pre-vaccination, so you have memory T cells, and then you become vaccinated, does this new vaccine technology somehow disable the memory T cells that originally existed from your first contact with SARS-CoV-2? The second question is, if you've been vaccinated and then you were infected from the wild virus, does the fact that you were vaccinated inhibit your body's future ability to produce memory T cells? And again, I'm not going to get into all the detail of that today. I've already done it in a previous presentation. I'll put the link down in the notes. I encourage you to go there and take a look at the data for yourself. As I mentioned earlier, many of the expositors are claiming that Omicron is going to sweep the globe in the next handful of months, and every single person on the planet will be exposed to Omicron. Uh, whether that happens or not is significant to me, because I am the first person on the planet to understand that the vaccines do not activate production of memory T cells and the consequences thereof. I've included a link to that presentation also down in the notes so that you can understand the science behind what we're talking about. Because my reach as a influencer on social media uh, is limited, it's modest, I have reached out to a number of influencers who have <laughs> many, 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 many times the number of followers that I do. In other words, they have a dramatically greater reach. I've reached out to them and encouraged them to look at the evidence concerning the memory T cells and talk about it or have me on to talk about it. To date, none of them have been willing to do so. If I read between the lines, uh, these people, when you, when you have millions of people following you, your revenue from the platform or platforms you're on is usually huge. And the last thing you want is to be suspended, not to be able to post presentations, not to put up your podcast, or perhaps have your channel page, what have you, deplatformed because you talked about something publicly that the establishment doesn't want the people to hear about. And that's something I know about personally, because I had a Facebook page, Dr. Reality, with 145,000 followers that Facebook shut down simply because Facebook didn't want users receiving the facts, data, and evidence I was presenting. So I get where these influencers are coming from. One of them in particular, I mean, he was pretty forthright. He said, until the health minister of his country sanctioned, approved of, gave his blessing to the issue that the vaccines do not activate production of memory T cells, he could not and would not discuss it on his show. Even if I say it's not about the money, right? Okay, so these influencers, if you got a million people following, you're making a lot of money. So let's say for the sake of argument, however, it's not about the money. Let's say somebody says, look, if I get suspended or deplatformed for discussing one issue, then I cannot share with my audience all these other issues. So let's say that is really what's going on. Clearly, then I could understand the reasoning of the influencer, and I don't blame the influencer. Who I blame is the politicians and the social media platforms that have made it clear they will punish influencers who talk about things that the establishment doesn't want talked about. I've said for quite a long time that influencers are often not punished for saying something that is wrong or incorrect or inaccurate. They are punished for saying something first, for saying it before the establishment has given its permission for that to be talked about publicly. 
And quite clearly, at this point, the establishment absolutely does not want the public to know that the vaccines do not activate production of memory T cells, because that would lead to a discussion of the consequences of that. But back to the possibility that Omicron is going to sweep the entire globe here by sometime in 2022. The reason I say it's significant to me is because of their claims that 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 will finally achieve SARS-CoV-2 worldwide comprehensive herd immunity. And when that doesn't happen, there's going to have to be a discussion about why it didn't happen. And there are really only two choices. Number one, even though the human body has produced memory T-cells in response to contagious pathogens for the entire history of mankind, one explanation would be that miraculously, for some unexplained reason, starting in 2020, a large percentage of the human population, their immune systems, just miraculously stopped activating production of memory T-cells. The second possibility is that there was some sort of external factor and some external influenced that caused their bodies not to produce memory T-cells or perhaps have their memory T-cells disabled. I don't think anyone (laughs) doubts which of those two would be found to be true. And eventually we are going to find out. As an example, just, I don't know, less than a week ago, um, a study was released that showed that a full 50% of science research done over the last, I forget what it was, 10 or 15 years, a full 50% of that could not be replicated by science researchers who set out exactly to do that, to replicate the research. So the way science works is if you cannot replicate what was claimed in the original study, that it's almost a certainty that the original study and its conclusions were fraudulent. 50% of science research over the last 10 or 15 years, fraudulent. Now, in this case, concerning uh, the memory T-cell issue in reference to the vaccines, I don't see that there's any fraudulent research going on. In fact, the establishment had just a complete and total blackout on that research. No, that research will not be done. But that can only last so long. Sooner or later, it will be done. As we're getting close to Christmas, if you value this sort of fact-based and evidence-based straight-shooting, no-BS presentation, I want to encourage you to go to drreality.news and pick up either a copy of Body Science or Income Tax Shattering the Miss. Body Science deals with uh, the, the kind of things we've been talking about with the establishment either lying or suppressing studies or false studies concerning human physiology, which has resulted in the United States in 2021, almost 2022 now, being the most chronically ill society in all of human history. Full stop. It addresses that, and then it gives you the science, the truth that has been hidden from you, to bring that 180 and make yourself incredibly healthy by knowing the truth, not the establishment dogma. And income tax shattering the myths. What to say about that? Um, the government and the media, which the, this is part of this whole thing called the establishment, has convinced virtually every single American that if you get up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, get the kids off to school, go to work and earn a living and get a paycheck, that you owe the government income tax. That narrative, that establishment narrative, is so utterly and completely false. It, it is astounding that anybody still believes it. But if you want to find out for yourself, by an amazing yet easy-to-understand breakdown of uh, almost, what, 
126 years of history and an analysis and breakdown that everyone can understand of the law over that period of time, most importantly, Supreme Court cases, which are pivotal to this, you will understand, balls to bones, that Congress has never imposed the income tax on the average American. And because we're almost at Christmas, I'm running a special right now. And that is if you purchase a copy of Body Science and Income Tax Shadow Mist together, I'll put the link down in the notes to that particular bundled product, that I will inscribe and autograph both copies for you. So if you want to keep them and read them both, great. However, if you want to grab one for somebody else and the other for yourself, vice versa, they'll both be inscribed and autographed, which is my Christmas gift to you. Also, in doing that, you help me to continue to be here with this sort of presentation for you. Thank you.